from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. <laughs> Welcome back to The Superiority <laughs> Complex, your new favorite podcast. We, I like to break in on a John laugh. That's a great way to start mm-hmm. that. It's a great way to start that. <clears throat> John was just asking about the whereabouts of uh, Patrick and Justine, and I let him know that they are at uh, Disneyland today. Apparently, there are better things to do than a uh, low-rated uh, internet podcast, and uh, I guess uh, that's one of them. So they always go on Wednesdays then, right? I don't know how it works with this new reservation system. You got to, like, put, like, it's like a game of Galaga. You got to put a quarter on the machine to let people know <laughs> you're about to, you're, I don't know what the deal is. What Do you know their, their Disney schedule, uh uh, Jake, I don't. I'm not interested enough to find out the details. Honestly, uh, no, I don't deal with terrorists. <laughs> wow, that's my uh, Michael Bay uh, uh, movie music. That's I think it's Hans Zimmer. Uh, I found out we're going to yeah. talk about that movie today, but before I just while it's, while was, before we come to air, I realized. This music reminds you of the music that you would play as a kid when you were playing with your action figures. Like, yeah, run, like, oh, we're, we're surrounded. They have the higher ground. That's right. And then that's what you would do as a kid with the army men. You go, and then, and here come the helicopters. And then here comes the British SAS guy. I'm only borrowing your Humvee. I think that's how Michael, I think, I think that's how Michael Bay directs all his films. He's like sitting there. Um, you know, like you know those little kids' uh, play mats that had like the little streets. And yes, stuff? yeah, 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 yeah. He's got that, and his toy car is like dun 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 dun. <laughs> you scratch my Humvee, I'll have your ass. Dun 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 dun. Oh, something bad's gonna happen. Let's shoot it in slow mo. Na 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 na. I said stand down. Na 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 na. Now, you guys think we probably hate this movie. We love this movie, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. not good. It is not good. I'll tell you that. Watching it again for this uh, podcast. <laughs> Boy, you really... Well, I, you, I started thinking of movies I liked better, like Con Air I like better. I'm going, gee, I like Con Air a lot better than this. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You talk about a cast that lifts it. The cast really saves this one. You know, Sean Connery mm. and Nicolas Cage. One of Nicolas Cage's better roles, I will say, where he's full Nick, Nick Cage, but... Not obnoxious. You're you're kind of with him the whole time, but yeah, we'll yeah. T- we'll get into it. Should we just do the movie first? Do you want to just do the digital movie club first? Since we're already talking about it, you want to just go? Know. Oh, are we mixing up the? Are we? Let's mix up, up the, the formula? formula. Let's mix up the formula. Then we'll talk about how our Halloween. Yeah, let's talk about it. Oh, let's damn. talk about. It. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, we're on it already, John. So you had not seen. We're talking about, of course, about the Rock. I didn't pull up the information. I can get it. I here. have it up right now. Oh, look now. at look at Jake, John. Jake is ready to step yes. in. He is ready to step in and take that. I am ready. He's there. He, he's there. Yeah. Okay. I, let me tell you something. Let me let me tell you something. Oh. Don't think it goes unnoticed that Jake is over here ready to go while a couple of people are eating churros and uh, you know 
standing in lines. I'm just letting you know that. Standing in line for It's a Small World, yeah. Right. Hey, what if the first thing they did is uh, hit the popcorn wagon at Main Street? Uh, you are the only person I've ever gone to that one. was like, I have to have popcorn at Disneyland. That's the only, you're the only person I've ever met that does that. All, f- all four of you are like, what are you doing? <laughs> so what, I'm like, so- I'm running up. Running up Main Street. <laughs> oh, hold on, John. We just time out. Time out. We just had a little drop there, John. A little. So, oh, I don't, is it me? I don't know if it's your phone. I don't know if it's your connection. We were talking about this before the show. John had a little trouble last. last Maybe I shouldn't day. move my head. I'll just yeah, don't move your head. Right on the mic. I'm just reaching stuff. for some water. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't reach. Right. Don't reach. Okay. So now it's not dropping right now, right? You're good. John, where's your favorite hey, testing? Testing. Hmm. Well, Disneyland's good. Uh, you know who's got the best popcorn is uh, the New Beverly Theater because they use real butter. Ooh. So that is now Quentin Tarantino's New Beverly Theater in Los Angeles. And uh, you, would you be able to see a film like The Rock at the New Beverly? Probably. Oh, he loves that stuff. I'm sure he would be playing it. He loves that kind of thing. Mm, yeah. Mm. yeah. Break, Jake, break it down for us, baby. The Rock. Okay. The Rock. Uh, released June 7th, 1996, uh, directed by Michael Bay, music composed by Hans Zimmer, um, has a score of 7.4 on IMDb and a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, one, um, 1% away from greatness. With a budget of $75 million, Mario, how much do you think it made? Uh, this was a huge, huge hit from what I remember. I'm going to say $150 million. Uh, what it cost? Uh, John, it uh, cost uh, $75, $75 million. $75. Um, yeah, uh, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess like 300 Oh. Uh, John was the closest uh, with a, an absolute smash hit of $335.1. There we go. One. Million dollars uh, in my head. I can't remember mm. when we crossed the two hundred million dollar threshold, so I have to go for the nineteen ninety six. Apparently, okay. Apparently, yeah, yeah. Because I think it was the early nineties when the movie started to go over two hundred million. Like that was a that was the big. Yeah, do you remember the first one that hit a hundred million? Was that like uh, it was like, was Bat- like Lion King? It was or like something? Batman or something. I think it might have been Batman. Okay, mm. we'll Google that. They just lost their mind. They lost their mind, and then then it became like, well, now we're hitting two hundred. You know, it's like you know now three hundred. So now you're a flop if you haven't cracked a hundred million. <laughs> oh, actually, it was the Tobey Maguire Spider Man uh, yeah. in two thousand two. Was the we came, oh it was the wow. fastest movie ever to a hundred million. I'm sorry, uh, and that was the opening wow. weekend. First film to reach one hundred and seventy five a hundred million was Jaws. Oh, oh. Wow. wow, all the way back. Yeah, but very few I'm movies would hit that level. It'd be like Jaws, Star Wars. It'd be like one of those movies. Maybe like a Raiders of the Lost and, Ark. And part of the trick on Jaws was that they opened it like every theater was running it, and that right. was kind of a new thing. Right. We're not just going to run it at a few theaters. We're going to make sure every theater's got it. Mm-hmm. They just sort of rolled the dice. You know, they had a hunch. They say, if we put it out there, it's gonna people are going to come see it. right. But uh, yeah. had a total box office of four seventy six, and it had a nine million dollar budget. But I'm sure that's over the course of the years. Yeah, they, that like was back in the days where they would re-release that. movies too. Yeah, like when we were kids, there was no video. So, like Star Wars, they re-released mm. in seventy eight. I remember it came out again like the next yeah. year. 
So it would have a re-release. So and people would go see it, make more money because you, you. Oh, know. God, can't go wrong. You put Star Wars out there, people are going to come see it. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what's a movie that's just like Star Wars, except it takes place on an island that was originally built as a prison, and that is The Rock. <laughs> just like Star Wars. Just like Star Wars. There's so much to un- unpack in this movie. Um, watching it again after... I mean, I always I always think this movie's great for... Um, for you because of Sean Connery and, and Nicolas Cage. And I always maintain that this is Michael Bay's only good movie. But after having watched it again, uh, after a quite, it wasn't available on video for the longest time. It wasn't available on, on streaming. So I, I, I wonder why it, I don't, right? it had been hmm. a few years since I had seen it. And then I got it and I was like, Oh, sh- okay, here we go. Uh, but yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, but in a, in a, in a fun way. If that makes Michael sense. Bay, Michael Bay has uh, made a monopoly on the really shitty movies that still somehow make money and are <laughs> but are fun to watch. Uh, yeah, I don't know if, if that's necessarily. I don't know. Am I? I don't want to damn it with faint praise because there are good. Uh, there, there is some good stuff here. Mm. Uh, number one being the performance yeah. of Sean Connery, probably one of Sean Connery's best quippy movies. He gets good actors. Uh, very self-assured in this one. Very <laughs> self-assured. A good cast. Like all the FBI guys are all guys that we, you know, everybody in the FBI. You got everybody from William Forsythe to um, uh, Bookman from uh, from Seinfeld. And you've got... You've got, <laughs> you got John C. McGinley. That yeah. Was, he's the, what, Dr. Uh, Dr. Perry on Scrubs? Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you got Ed Harris. Ed Harris is your villain. I mean, there's you can't go wrong with Ed Harris. Mm-mm. He really brings right. the, he really brings the gravitas, you know, uh, and then uh, a lot of good character actors in there. Uh, Bokeem Woodbine's in there, and all kinds of. But uh, yeah, there's a uh, uh, man. Uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of. But but there are so many obnoxious Michael Bay touches. There are, like you said, all the smash cuts. <laughs> Jake, you were talking smash cuts. Uh, it's like. It's like you don't even get a second to like orient yourself on what's going on. Right. It's like he, just when you're trying to figure out what's happening, he's like, "All right, smash cut, new angle, new angle, new right. angle." Then you get play. then you get all the low angles, the low panning angles with somebody in the corner. My friend Danny used to call it the bank commercial angle, where you have somebody in the lower left hand corner, <laughs> and then everything is blown up, and then you're panning, and then you've got the lens flare and the high color saturation, and uh, uh, you know. Um, and then I was telling Jake, probably one of the worst, you know, I'm glad we watched Bullet in uh, for the uh, digital movie club, because this has to be one of the worst filmed car chases I've ever seen. You can't tell anything mm. that's going on. There's, you, you're, not, you're not focused on anything for more than a second. You have no idea where the cars are in, in relation to each other, how close they are, how far they are. Um, you know, it reminds me of what, what Jackie Chan talks about when American directors shoot action. It's always close and it's always shaky it's because the actors like a fight scene it's because the actors don't know how to fight right um and that's the way michael bay shot this car chase instead of pulling out like in bullet showing us the whole street where the cars are in relation to one another you never have a sense of what's going on and and for me there's never a sense of any kind of danger in that car chase it's just i'm gonna see some explosions and i'm gonna see some i'm gonna hear some funny lines and then you know there's never a sense because it's silly 
it's silly. You got the little old lady with the with the walker, and then you got the uh, wheelchair guys, and it's just silly. It's just you know, it, it, there's no sense of jeopardy like French Connection or Bullet. You feel a sense of jeopardy, right? Anybody who might be like, you know, in the middle of the street. This one, it's played for laughs, and the guy on the uh, the guy running the cable car is just oh kind of yucking it up and mugging at the camera. It just make it doesn't make it very. Uh, it doesn't make it as hair-raising as it could be. It just feels phony, you know? Oh, that lady, by the way, that old lady crossing the street, she is really selling it, too. <laughs> she walks with her, with her walker. I know. It's like with, something out of Mad Magazine, you know? You know what, John? It always reminds me, this car chase is basically in your head when you refuse, when you would refuse to watch uh, uh, Star Trek Four. And you always said they're just running around yeah. the hospital like the marks, like yata, yeah. tata, yata. this is literally yeah. what that is. This is literally that. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a better chase in San Francisco is uh, what's up, Doc, and that was a comedy, and that felt more real. Right. You, you had some really crazy stuff, like people going through plate glass windows, and you know the VW goes off the end of the uh, pier and into the water, and right, and that. That felt more real than this. You know? Blues Brothers, <laughs> the drive through the mall. There yeah, sure. Yeah, That's yeah. The, the, the the car chase in Blues Brothers feels more real, and that is a comedy too. But you mm -hmm. always get the sense yeah. that the cars are really but crashing. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so. That, this that, is like that, that. this is not a comedy, and it's just you know, especially the guy, you know, the the, the you know the guy uh, running the. Uh, the cable car going, oh, I'm going to find out who did this. You know, Everyone abandoned ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. And then it doesn't even look, but when it, when finally that that cable car goes on its side and explodes, it doesn't look very real. It looks like that was completely staged. It caught up like 30 feet in the air. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it looks like it's made out of balsa wood or something. You know, it looks like, okay, this is not really a cable car. Da, 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 da. All right. Uh, yeah, this is very, uh, very Michael Bay. It is my, most Michael Bayish. Uh, every indulgence is here. And yet, I can't feel, help but feel a soft spot for the movie because of the main dynamic between uh, Connery and um, Nick Cage. Uh, because that's what sells it. They've got, they've got chemistry. It's a classic, you know, opposites. You know, like like a buddy cop, like like a buddy movie, and you know they're complete opposites. Here's a guy that's you know never really been in the field, can't even hold a gun, you know. Right. Uh, so Jake, was this your first time seeing The Rock? Mm-hmm. Okay, walk us through your feelings. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, you know, it's these Michael Bay is is great at making popcorn movies, right? You know, they're exciting, they're fun, but uh, just maybe it's because I've seen too many good movies. So now I, <laughs> I've seen too many good movies. The, the Digital show. Movie Club has ruined you. You can't the watch. The Digital Club has ruined me on Michael Bay. You can't Bay. watch junk anymore. <laughs> I, was, I mean, I was never a huge fan of Michael Bay in general for the same reason I wasn't a huge fan of this. He's just, is he makes everything seem so like manic with like all of his cuts, he never spends more than like five seconds on any given shot, especially during the action sequences. It's like there's like a five-year-old who's like whipping the camera back and forth, just trying to get everything. I don't know. But um, I mean, Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage are great. Um, I think Nicolas Cage uh, does really well with Michael Bay because 
Nicolas Cage is as manic as Michael Bay's uh, uh, film style or his uh, directing style is. That's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a great point. It's a good he's match. Always like Nicolas Cage is always seems like he's on the verge of a mental breakdown. Yeah. At least in this yeah. movie and some yeah. of the other ones. Um, what's the other one that he's in? Con Air. Uh, American National Treasure. National Treasure, he's less so. He's a little bit more calm and collected in those, but I think. I haven't it's been a while since I've seen those, but yeah, uh, it was it was fun. I I mostly liked it when we actually got to uh Alcatraz. I could have okay. everything everything else I'm like, eh, this is fine. I guess they're having sex on the roof now. This is fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget that actress's name. She's she's very uh, charming. Um, not because of the sex scene, um, but I think she's Vanessa Marcel. Yeah, I think she turns up. I think she was like on General Hospital or something. She was like a soap opera actress. Who played the daughter? Yeah, Conry's sure. daughter. She looks awful familiar. Uh, Gina Ger- is it Gina Gershon. Uh, she was the she was the girl in Mallrats. We just saw oh, her in Mallrats. Yeah. Yeah. Is that who it was, Jake? What was her name? Uh, no. Claire Forlani. Oh, Claire Forlani. Claire Forlani. There you go. Yeah, Sorry. she was in uh, Meet Joe Black. Um, Mallrats. Yeah, we just saw her in Mallrats. I knew her. Mm-hmm. I knew her from Meet Joe Black. Um, she always kind of plays herself. She's one of those actresses that always kind of <laughs> plays. like right. It just seems like she's always playing herself. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was she was nice to see in a small role. I bought her as the, I bought her as the daughter. I bought that. Yeah. You even get the you even got to get the great Michael Bean as the Navy SEAL commander. We lost saw him. He sure went. He sure went quick. <laughs> yeah. Pretty quick. Right. Oh, you're sure. thinking uh, that was probably a thing where you're thinking he's going to be around a while because he's. You know, my God, Terminator and right, uh, sure, Tombstone. And, uh, we, he was Tombstone. Johnny Ringo and in, in Tombstone. This guy will be around. Aliens and gone. Uh, nope, gone. Right in the shower. That's it. He's done. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. You get the great. Uh, who else is in here? Somebody else makes an appearance. I'm always like, I always forget that they're in here. Um. Can't think. Of oh, Candyman. Oh, what's his name? Tony. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony, Tony Todd. Yep. Tony Todd. Yep, yeah, yep, he's yep. in there. Yep. And oh, David Morris. You know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's really they got all the solid people, which again makes it work. That's really the cast yeah. makes it work. Um, you know, despite the trappings, uh, it works. So, John, when was the last time you had seen The Rock? Uh, I saw it when it came out, and I probably saw it on cable years ago. And um, yeah, Connery's great. And Nicolas Cage is good. They're good together. Uh, my problem is, you know, I usually gripe that some movies are like maybe a half hour too long. I think this movie is a full hour too long. I'm the whole time I'm watching it. I'm going, you could cut that. You could cut that. This is too way too <laughs> too long and involved. I think you could cut a full hour of this and you wouldn't miss it. You, you could really tighten it up, you know. You might be right. And it would work better. Yeah. Right. Lose the car chase. So, uh, well, and what's weird about that is it's all at the beginning. It's a little weird. Maybe they did that on purpose to throw people off off guard, but all that chasing around the streets of San Francisco, I thought, gee, this feels like the finale of a movie instead of the beginning of a movie. Right. You know? And and I don't know if it's to sell how dangerous Connery is, but I don't think you needed that. 
it kind of takes away from all the craziness that happens later. There's no slow build. You're already blowing shit up and running stuff over, and you're only about a half hour in, you know? Right. So right. that, I would have cut all of that. There was a way to do that without, you know, that would have been the budget of most movies would have been that opening scene in uh, San Francisco with the chase. I think they could have yeah, cut at the bare minimum, like 30 minutes. It probably would have saved them like $10 million and they would probably have made about the same. Just the pace, the pace would have been better. You can tighten this up. It was still, it mm-hmm. would have been, an, it's still a nail biter. All that stuff on, on the island with those little globes, you know, you know what it can do. So that's a nail biter. All that stuff with him trying to, uh, you know, uh, disconnect the fuses and all that. That's great. Like you said, Jake, once they're on the island, it really happens. That You don't need too much before they get there. It might have been better to get them on the island a little quicker. I love and, that there's uh, a whole, think, yeah, there's like, it's a little ridiculous. You have like a whole Indiana Jones mine underneath Alcatraz and all that oh, stuff. Oh, Jesus. You know, I hated that because I didn't like that in uh, Temple of Doom. All that sort of racing around on a, uh, on a mine car. That's fine if you're at an amusement park. I don't particularly want to see a bunch of that in a movie. Why is there a mine shaft in Alcatraz? It was built yeah, as a Civil War fort, man. Who knows? But that is not necessary. Again, it takes away from all that other, all the other things that really are um, nail biters. You don't need that. There's too much else going on. You don't need a whole 20 minute sequence where they're zipping around on this underground mine car. You know, come on, really man. silly. It just makes it silly. John, that is actually- but the thing that, the thing that makes it work for me is Ed Harris is a really good villain because the best villains have a, a good motivation for doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So he's not a clear cut villain. You you could see he's he doesn't like that he's got to do it. He he's uh, once they massacre all those those seals, you know, right? He's kind of like <laughs> he he's. I mean, that's that's what makes a good villain is that when they they've actually got a legitimate beef. Because it's not so clear-cut that he's, oh, he's just this bad guy. He's a psycho. Yeah, that's why, for me, speed doesn't work. Because Dennis Hopper's motivation, you know, he's just some psycho. And that gets old pretty quick. So, um, Ed Harris, I think, was wonderful. And Connery has just got so many great moments. Uh, Right. He brings it. He really brings it, you know. So, you feel that this guy was sitting in a prison for 30 years. You really feel it. Uh, yeah, he is also very, uh, uh, I like, he's kind of patient. You know, he's, he's been, he has been sitting in a prison. So, you know, to him, this is all, uh, this is all kind of gravy, you know? So he does kind of take everything with like, a, you know, he, he does kind of have a sarcastic attitude towards it. And he knows they're going to screw him over. He knows they're going to screw him over. So he has no problem just walking away. Uh, I love that yeah. whole thing. I love that he's just like ready to be like, yeah, okay, well, they're going to screw me over. And he was right. You know, yeah. At the end, when he says he tore up your part, and he's all, "Of course he did." Yeah, he, you know? he knew. He knew what was going on. He he's the calm. Everybody else is so manic. He's the calm in the storm. Right. You know, he's in the eye, and he he's he's very uh, stoic. And you're right. He's had thirty years to just sit and be still and think about everything. Right. <laughs> so right for him, the only surprises are like the technology or like, okay, what? Who's these guys? You know, yeah, yeah. What, what's what's this bunch? What do they want? You know? Yeah. Right. I was I was taught by the best British intelligence. Uh, you know, he's got so many great lines. Losers always whine about their best. You know, he's got all these great, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. 
And I, I love that everybody underestimates him. I love that everybody underestimates him too. You know, except for except for the except the guy for with Wom- the uh, arm in the sling. Yeah, what Womack. Womack. Yeah. You piece of shit. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, he's the one. He's, he's like, the one that he's knows. Still down there. <laughs> right. Um, I was, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of dumb stuff in here. When I was telling my 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 friend uh, Martin and I were talking about this movie, but about how much we love it, but how bad it is at the same time. And one of the mm-hmm. dumbest things in the movie is when the seal starts beating him up, and he says, "You English prick." Did I ever tell you my old man was Irish? It's like, first of all, I appreciate the sentiment. Your dad's Irish. You're going to kick the shit out of this British guy. But why would you tell somebody you just met? Did I ever tell you? No, we just met a minute ago. You dumb fuck. Of course, you never told me that. You could just say my old man's Irish, you know, and so here comes the beating. That's all he has to say. God, it's It's such right. It's It's really bad bad writing writing all over the place. It's bad writing. It's right up there with, uh, or I should say it's right down there with, it's your cousin, you know, Marvin Berry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, it's we, exposition. <laughs> and also, it just struck me this time watching it, what a dumb plan uh, Ed Harris has in place if it doesn't work out. It's like, you're going to, okay, so you're going to hire these guys. You're going to hire, you're basically going to have Marines go against their oath. And then if it doesn't work out, you're relying oh, on, well. you're relying on military command to keep discipline. It's like, that's not going to work. That's the first thing that's going to go out the window. They don't care. They don't care. He's like, you stand down. It's like, why does he, you're, I'm a general. Who cares? We're not in the military anymore. It's done. (laughs) We're over. It's over. The chain of command goes out the window. So that was really dumb on, um, on Ed Harris's part. Like that's, uh, that's, I love that. I I love that Sean Connery says, personally, I think you're a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I know what you're doing, but I think you're a fucking idiot. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, and that is a great. That is a great. There's a. That's a great interplay between like you know Sean Connery, who's you know like you said has had years to think about all this, and uh, and Ed Harris, who's just acting. You know. Um, yeah. So, but uh, again, uh, there's so many things uh, that the, the the relationship between Nick Cage and uh, Sean Connery. Not to beat a dead horse, but for me, that's the whole movie, and so. Uh, that and we've got green smoke. We've got green smoke. Has his arms up, head back on his knees, and yeah. then fucking America. Just like yeah, yeah, exactly. Fuck Jesus. yeah. You got those 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 money shots of the jets and everybody just mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All the magas are just getting like they can cut glass when it's all over. Yeah, like, yeah jets. I bet you some people stood up and saluted that screen when they were watching that movie right there. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes uh, when I have to like, if I'm yesterday, I was fixing my mom has these shower doors. And it's really weird. They're these rollers that are at the top, but they're uh, they're they're not hidden. The rollers are just they're kind of decorative. They're on the doors are made of glass, so you can see the rollers. Mm. And one of the rollers was sticking, and I went in my tool bag, and I was trying to, you know, it had a hex bolt on it. And you, you I, in my head, I was going, dun 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 dun, you know, don't drop this. The minute you don't respect this roller, it kills you. You know. <laughs> And when you finished, you uh, lit the flares, right? Yeah, I listened to a Beatles record on on vinyl because these sound better. Uh, so yeah, that's yeah. Uh, 
I, I trying to picture what what your face was looking like when he opens up that box and it's mm. Meet the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I said, I Mark? said, yeah, I said, only a fucking idiot would spend five hundred dollars on a record album, is what I said. <laughs> what Connery should have said was that old line from Goldfinger. Yeah, you know. That you got to listen to the Beatles with uh, with earmuffs. Earmuffs. <laughs> uh, oh, John, remind me to remind you of the Beatles because I just I, I I have some news. I have some news okay. for you about not about Beatles. the Beatles. Beatles. Uh, all right, we've I think we've we've fully dissected. Uh, uh, who was your favorite character, Jake? Who was your favorite in the movie? You're making faces over there. You really hated this movie. I love how much you hated it's this. Sean, Sean, Sean Connery. Yeah, you've, did you feel like this was one of his best? I feel like this is one of his best performances. Oh yeah, I thought him yeah. as yeah, him as a character and him as an actor was great in this movie. Right, but everything else, like everything else surrounding the actors, was just like, what the fuck's going on right now? And also, not to be disrespectful, probably this in Hunt for Red October, his best two pays. Uh, oh yeah, sure, that was sure. that was a very right because I don't even think the whole time I'm, th- I'm thinking I'm like yeah he just. He's got he's Sean Connery. He's, he's got, got hair. He's got hair, you know. Um, John, who is your favorite character in this one? Oh, it's Connery for sure. Yeah, it's worth the price of admission just to just watch him. It's like a it's like a master class, you know. Uh, he shines no matter what he's in. He shines, you know. He elevates the material. Yeah, he gives that character a, uh, an inner story, a backstory that. Uh, he make that's why you hire a guy like Connery. He's going to make that work. It's not just going to be, you know, yeah. a comic book uh, interpretation. Uh, and if you go to Sean Francisco, oh, I love that. How he's like singing all out of key. Sure to wear some flowers in your hair. It got a cam- uh, It got nominated uh, for Academy Award for Best Sound '97. Of course. Because a movie like this, that's what it gets. It's like sound and sound mixing. Right. You know, <laughs> and best right. explosions. You yeah. Know, best, uh, best, uh, be- best car chase. This, this, a movie like this sweeps the MTV Movie Awards. Mm-hmm. Sure. A movie oh, like yeah. this yeah, they, they probably won Best Duo, you know? Right. <laughs> they right. always have a thing like Best Couple, you know? They, in fact, won Best On Screen Duo for MTV. It <laughs> was also nominated for Best Movie. And best action sequence for the yellow Ferrari's car chase. Oh God, no! That is awful. Oh, Jesus. Dun, 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 and then the guy, you know, that guy on the motorcycle is all, "Hey man, you totally wrecked your Ferrari," and you're like, "Ugh, this, this, this person, mine." In real life, this person does not exist. This is strictly <laughs> this, these people only exist in a Michael Bay movie. God, that lady crossing the street, the lady crossing the street. You're right. Watch that. You're right. The way she sells it, you could tell it's like a thirty-year-old woman in yeah. like in. Uh, in she's it's dressed like man. she's just like the the grandma. She's dressed like Tweety's owner, like Tweety Bird's right. owner. She's dressed mm-hmm. exactly like that. Right. Oh my god. Like, Although like she, they should have given her like the Aunt B hat. You they know? did. She had a little hat on. She has yeah, a little hat on. Off. Yeah, she Jesus. has a little hat on. It's something right out of uh, Mayberry. Na, 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 yeah. na, na, na. All right. Just out for my daily stroll. <laughs> <laughs> and then come the wheelchair guys. Oh, here we go. Lady in a little fast. Lady in a ba- lady, ba- lady in a baby carriage. Yeah. 
See, you can do yeah. like something like uh, like the Untouchables. <laughs> well, the Untouchables <laughs> proves you can do that and make it sure. work and add danger sure. to it. Uh, I'll you know. tell you how you do it. You don't play it for laughs. Right. That's the thing. If it's a comedy, you can play it for laughs. That it was. That's the thing that's weird about this movie. They're playing a lot of this shit for laughs. You know, like the guy cutting his hair, and you're like, well, what's the point of a guy like that? Right. It's, you know right. what I mean? Well, it's it's funny because it's a gay stereotype, I John. I so it's care. I don't care that you almost dropped somebody off the side of a building. I just want to know if you like your haircut. <laughs> See, that takes you out of the movie. Right. You know, that, it's just like, wait a minute. What? It's, it's just not like a real movie. This isn't like, it's like, you know, Beverly Hills Cop, that's kind of like a comedy. That works. Right. You know, to have Surge or whoever it is with, you know, Damon Wayans. But right. this was just like, what? You know, that's, you, you're going to stop for this sort of like weak comedy? You know? uh, yeah. In really, the middle of a really weak you know? tea. It's like, yeah, you could just. That was like, that was like a 10 minute sequence of him getting his fucking haircut. It's like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, what the, why? Why do we need this? Well, you also, do. This, that, what does not, this prove? Not to nitpick, but the idea that this guy is who he is and that every one of those FBI guys is inside eating off the buffet, I'm sorry. There's no way. Every one of those guys would have been on the balcony with a gun on his head. You know? Right. There's no way that every one of them, you got two guys on the balcony, everybody else is inside eating, going, yeah, he's all right. He's out there. He's an old man. He's okay. You know? <laughs> here, yeah, we got a dangerous criminal upstairs, but look at this lobster. Hey, listen, yeah, here, here. It's like yeah, the old man said, it's like the old guy said, he goes, Hey, he's my age and I got to take, get, get up three times to take a leak, you know? So, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I think it's just, you just keep waiting for somebody to go, Yeah, but he's Sean Connery for Christ's right. sake, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Let's rank it. Losers always whine about the best. Mm. Jake, what do you rank it, baby? Uh, five. Five. Wow. Wow. Mm. Wow. John. All five points go to Sean Connery. None for Nick Cage? Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Nicolas Cage. So I, you know, I, he's, he's hotter. There's like five movies that I love him in. Raising Arizona's one. I think we're all going to hit it. We're going to hit them all on the podcast. All Nicholas Nick- Cage, Nicholas Cage is like a surf. Like they pulled some surfer dude off of like Newport beach somewhere. And like, all right, you're going to be a star. You know, they pulled him out of Francis Ford Coppola's family album because he's Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. Oh, so that's oh. how he... Are we going to do uh, Leaving Las Vegas? We are not going to do Leaving Las Vegas. Because that would be one of the five. If you're saying he had five great performances, that would be one of oh, the no, five. Oh, no, I didn't say they were great. I said there's five movies that I love him in. <clears throat> Raising I think Ar- he's, got, he's had five. Raising Arizona's his- one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we didn't do Moonshine, but I think a lot of people would consider that one of his best. Uh, Would you consider leaving Las Vegas one of his? Best? He's really good, and Elizabeth Shue is so good in that. She's so great in that that it's. And how about Birdie? Uh, oh, I forgot about Birdie. I forgot he was in that. Oh, and yeah. then of course, uh, uh, Fast Times Fast Times at Ridgemont High, of course. <laughs> and of course, Rumblefish. And of course, Rumblefish. Uh, Jay, John, what do you rate uh, the old Rock? The Rock. Uh, for me, this gets elevated to a six because of Ed Harris and Sean Connery. It gets elevated to a six because they are doing a good job. <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to shock you. I'm going to shock you. As much as I, I've ripped on this movie, I almost gave it an eight. I was going into it thinking it was an eight still. I drop it down to a seven. 
I drop it down to a seven. But for me, this is still one of Michael Bay's better movies because, and I talked told this about to Jake. Armageddon is the same way. Armageddon is an awful, awful movie, but the cast elevates it. It's got a great cast in their game. And, uh, you know, that's what you need is a cast that's willing to uh, go, okay, we're going to give this our best performance, even though it's not great. We're going to do, we're going to do, we're going to go in there and act. Because you can tell when people are just walking through a part. And I didn't, I know if you're, if you're a pro, like you never see Gene Hackman just walking through a movie, no matter what kind of movie it is. Right. If you're a pro, you don't do that. You just you bring your game every time. Right. You know? He hated he hated Wes Anderson and hated the Royal Tenenbaums. And if you watch his performance in that movie, you would never guess that. He yeah. is he brings yeah. he's a professional. He brings his A game no matter what. Right. So right. 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 It's the same with Connery, and it's the same with Ed Harris. You know. Right. Yeah, you got to really hand it to Eddie Harris because he's kind of got this really difficult part where he's kind of going to be this really um, you know no humor, uh, you know yelling a lot. And somehow brings humanity to that character. So you really have to, you, you got to hand it to Ed Harris. Uh, you know, like you said, John, the best villains don't think they're doing anything wrong. He's definitely got the They're idea. the hero. Right. He, he's the hero. In his, in his movie, he's the hero. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And you got to, you got to give uh, yeah. Ed Harris that because he does bring, it, it could have been a cardboard villain and he really brings it some humanity. He brings yeah. it some, some, Yeah. It's he's not John Glenn. My God, he played John Glenn for Christ's right. sake. So right. here's this guy who's the, the flip side of John Glenn. You know? Sure. Uh, so yeah, you got to really he he really does anchor that. It's kind of a thankless role, but he anchors it, and uh, it's interesting to see him play that. Before he played the villain in Westworld, we'd kind of been used to seeing him in like these kind of hero- you know movies like The Abyss, where he's kind of like a heroic guy, you know, or the you know yeah. John Glenn and the right stuff. So for him to be able to do a villain like that, I think is, uh, you know, I, you, you got to give him credit because he is, as much as you can skip a lot of this movie, I feel like he's he com- his performance is very commanding. You want to watch him, you want to see what he's doing, uh, you, you and it ca- has to be. You have to believe that he is going. You have to believe that he's going to pull the trigger, that he's going to set off those rockets. If you don't believe it, then the movie goes nowhere. You have to believe that he's so sold on his cause right. that he's going to do it. You know, right? Uh, John, do you are, do you listen to Elton John? <laughs> sure, because you're Old the because you're Old the rocket man. Because from- you're the rocket man. That's you. <laughs> you're the rocket man. <laughs> point i do give points to, to this movie the dumbest line i have ever heard it makes me movie. i like it I, I it is dumb but it's funny i always laugh uh, i will give points to this movie for really uh creative kills uh some creative dummy kills uh you know people getting impaled people getting air conditioners dropped on them it's it's mm. totally fake but i love it uh and i do love mm. the scene where the body won't stop twitching and he's like, does that <laughs> keep ha- is yeah. that normal? I love that. And Connery's yeah. like, what? Yeah. The twitching thing? He's just like, what? <laughs> he's so he's Itch. so used to it. Yeah. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, it does. Yeah. I have to I do give this movie a seven. I love it. I, as bad as it is, I love it. I can't help loving it. Uh again, it's it's a it's it's a fun movie for me. I'd like to revisit it. And uh yeah, it's all to oh, by the way, when I first saw this movie. I saw this, uh, we were visiting some friends up in the Bay Area. So I, thus, I, really? saw, this, I saw this in a, in a theater in, in Emeryville. 
up next to Oakland. We were in a theater. So right out on the water was Alcatraz as we were seeing this movie. How about that? How about that? How about that? How do you feel? How do you feel? They should have premiered it at Alcatraz. <laughs> how do you how do you feel about that now? Huh? Pretty cool. Catch me outside. All right. Let's that. uh let's take a quick break and when we come back, we're gonna do the reverse show. We'll we'll just talk about a bunch of BS. So if you were here to the reverse show. I might start doing the movie at the top of the at the top of the show. You know why? Because sometimes we're we're kind of low key towards the end because we've kind of talked ourselves out and I feel like mm. maybe we do it first. What do you think? But then what what else are the people going to stay for? You know, they're going to stay for the quizzes and the personalities. <laughs> That's how we keep them is we like we meander for an you know hour what? Maybe, and then we talk about the movie. Maybe we'll talk about it at the start. Maybe we won't. How about that? Keep them guessing. Ooh, there you go. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, some 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 BS. We'll be back after the news. <laughs> Hey, we're back. What a lovely break. We had a nice little break there. Uh, John. Little, little Bible little Bible study. Little Bible study while we were talking about Cain and Abel. Uh, John, I was you were, I told you to, uh, to put a pinhole in it uh, because of the Beatles. Um, I watched the Ruddles finally. I found it online. Oh, I had never talk seen it. Talk to me. Man, my buddy, uh, my buddy Bill is a huge fan of the Ruddles uh, as much as you are. And he quotes it all the time. You know, he always says, uh, now you can play it. Now you can play along whenever we have an easy day at, uh, at work. He says, uh, 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 20 minutes, a couple of birds and a helicopter back to the hotel, uh, is right. what he always says. Uh, I loved it. You know, it's got that Monty Python esque humor. Um, and it is really, they really do follow all of the, all of the, the ups and downs of the Beatles. And then the song, <laughs> the songs that, I mean, Neil Ennis just nails the songs. The sound oh, of all genius. those songs. Uh, and I guess he didn't listen to the songs. He no, did. he wrote it from memory. He didn't have much time. He said, I'm going to doom this thing if I sit down and listen to all the songs. I'm just going to do it from memory. And it's perfect. One. Yeah. He said it was just good enough. He says it's all tattooed to my brain. And what kills me is that each song is written in the style of whatever year it was. Right, right. So right. when he's doing "Ouch," it sounds just like "Help," and when he's doing, uh, you know, uh, "Get Up and Go," it sounds just like the "Let It Be" sessions. You know? uh, yeah, if you get a chance, so the Ruddles is basically a—it's actually a forerunner to things like, uh, like Spinal Tap, and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a couple it, years before Spinal Tap. It's, it's a it's a band called the Ruddles who were contemporaries of the Beatles, and uh, it yeah, it's it's, a, it's done like a BBC documentary. On this band, and uh, Eric Idle is in it, and it's it's wonderful. And uh, you know, I you know, I'm not the biggest Beatles fan, but I know I'm familiar enough with all the songs, and they poke just enough fun. Uh, like I love to the, I love the the thing where they're going instead of going to India, they go to the, uh, what is he the what do they call him the Swami of Surrey or something like that. It's just a, yeah, and they're like they're doing like they're you know they're doing like uh, what is it? They're doing tarot cards or something, right? No, right. It's, it, like, it's basically uh, just an English dude in a trench coat, but he's wearing sandals, and uh, yeah. like that's the whole thing. And he's uh, 
Uh, it's so good, and just the way. Did they- you love? Uh, did you love Picky in the middle? Hey, diddle diddle, Piggy in the middle, <laughs> do up a poo. You know, it's, like, it's it sounds just like I'm the walrus. Uh, uh, how about how about cheese and onions? Cheese and onions yeah, is like, fantastic. Oh, yellow man. submarine sandwich. <laughs> uh, they even got that weird animation style down perfectly. Yes, uh, yes. Oh, I'm really glad you liked it. You know, anybody with just a passing. Right, a passing knowledge of the Beatles would get all the jokes. You can find it on uh, YouTube. And John had this poster for years and years. He had that poster, and I was like, "Who are the Ruddles?" And he's like, you're, you're, "He's like, oh." And I knew it was a spoof because it's "All You Need Is Cash" is the name of the uh, right is the name of the album. And and uh, there's a soundtrack album. There's a soundtrack album to the movie, and it sounds it's it's funny, but the songs are so close in style. To me, it always felt like a lost Beatle album. Right. I thought this is almost like having an extra Beatle album that they just dug up somewhere. Right. It, That's it, how close it's. It they really nail it. They really, really nail it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was fun. It was a fun movie. It's fun, funny. Mick Jagger's in there. You get some. You get some. Oh. You get some surprises. You get uh, Paul what? Simon. Paul Simon and a few surprises. And uh, how about Brian Murray the K? <laughs> oh, there, oh, here we go. They're on Star Tours. Oh, look, they're on Star Tours, everybody. Patrick's calling in from Star Tours. What's uh, where? Where's you? Where are you? Are you off to Endor? Uh, we don't know yet. We're in line. We're we're uh, uh, just got inside the building. What's the mood like there at Star Tours? Uh, uh exciting, riveting, uh, adventurous. Uh, will you be riding Rise of the Resistance today? Uh, you do not want to wait four hours in the wind. Uh, you better wait four hours for it. Uh, it's such a long wait. What? What? Give, we already we already did the rock. We already gave our reviews. Uh, Patrick, what is your rating of the rock? I have watched that movie since I was a child. Uh, <gasps> I've seen it. Probably the first Michael Bay film I had ever seen. The rest of his movies may be subpar, but this is by far a masterwork piece of art, and I cannot recommend it enough. It is. Thrilling, fun, Nicholas Cage and uh, Sean Connery at their peak. Uh, truly a beautiful film. Uh, 10 out of 10, absolutely. 10 out of I 10! I, I can't recommend it enough. It's ridiculously fun because it's one of those movies, if you embrace the ridiculousness of it, and embrace the fun of it. You're having a blast the whole time. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna, no spoilers. I'm gonna let you listen to the show. But one of us did that, Patrick. One of us did that. That's all I'm and gonna one of us say. Gave a 10 out of 10? <laughs> no, no, no. One of us embraced the fun. No tens. Okay. You, you're, you're the first ten. The you're the first ten. But I'm uh, sorry, guys. It's you gotta you gotta suspend the disbelief. You gotta let go. And hey, listen. Yourself. I ripped the movie, and I I said I still love it as much as I ripped it. It's. I still have a soft spot for it. So, is it a perfect movie? Yes, but is it a cinematography <laughs> masterpiece? Yes. Is it? Maybe the music's a little much. I can give you that. But the rest of the film is absolutely fantastic, and it's ridiculous and it's fun. A guy literally dies by getting a green ball shoved in his mouth and exploding. It's beautiful. Take that, you fuck. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the freaking the whole scene. I'm gonna gut you like a pig boy. Like what's? You know what's funny? You know what's funny? We did not, we did not um, uh, mention the music at all. So that's the music is overpowering for me. That's my biggest concern about it. It's just like because it's just like dun, 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 dun. It's, it's Michael Bay. Uh, what does Justine rank it? Where's Justine? Justine, how, watching him. Justine, what? 
Yeah, I know. I'm pissed off. I had to rent it and she didn't watch it, which means now I have to buy it so she can watch it. But you have to own that. I, I just it's, it's one of those movies. So it's like this one, Last Castle, I grew up watching. They were always on like TNT. And they were just fun, enjoyable movies. Mm, so you chalk up your poor taste in movies to nostalgia. I see. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry you can't accept the wonder and disbelief. Like, if you took the time to en- enjoy the homages to things like Indiana Jones, you'd be in a better place for yourself. But I guess not. Wonder Alcatraz. There was a mine car ride, Jake. We brought that Alcatraz. up. <laughs> in Alcatraz. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I That's how they used to ship the laundry back and forth. It's not actually a mine cart. They would send the laundry back. What's the line? Would you call that an homage? No, we just stole the idea outright. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those movies you have to have fun with it. If you can't embrace it, like, what the hell's wrong with you? Uh, Patrick, what were you for Halloween? Um, I didn't actually dress up. I worked the whole time. Justine, what were you for Halloween? Nothing. Yes. What? You guys are fucking squares, how are, are you getting, retail, how are you getting signal this deep into the ride? They're already going to... I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm actually thoroughly impressed. What I want to know is, should we just stay on the line while you ride the ride? Should we just stay on the line? While? I mean, it's pretty loud. Yes. Love it. All right. Well, you kids, you kids have a fun day at the park. And uh, Justine, tell Justine she owes us that, uh, that, that review. I will. Absolutely. I'm going to buy a lightsaber and send you a picture. Thanks for tuning in. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. I don't know what our movie is next week. We'll let you know. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Na, na, na. They were in line for Star Tours. Uh, the Ruddles, all you need is cash. Star Tours. Uh, Mario, I'm so glad you got to see that because I knew you would enjoy it. I just knew it. Uh, so. You know, that works whether you like the Beatles or not. It works really, yeah, really well. Every, everyone knows. They, somebody said you could only do this with the Beatles. They said, now you, uh, I think they asked Eric Idle, so now you're going to do the Stones? He goes, no, this only works with the Beatles because that's the only band that everybody kind of knows their story, you know. Right. You know, they went, you know, they came to America. They went psychedelic. They broke up. They're up on the roof doing the, the last. They said everyone knows that story. You couldn't do mm. this with any other band because nobody would have a, a knowledge of it. You know? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. True. They were a pop culture so, phenom. Speaking of which, John. Yes. Uh, why did your precious Beatles never have uh, all 10 songs in the Billboard, all the top 10 songs of the Billboard Top 100 at the same time like Taylor Swift? What, what, what prevented them from doing that? I thought they did. I thought she was just now coming up to what they already did. No, she is the first artist ever to have all top 10 uh, is that the album or the singles chart? Singles. Uh, interesting. Ten. Yeah. What did the? I guess the Beatles had five in the top ten. I guess that's what they had. Mm, inferior. Five. Five in the top ten, like the same week. So, so I don't get it. So Taylor Swift, it's like ten songs from this new album. Yep. What is it called? Midnights. Yep. She had all tep. She had the. So that's like the so entire, that's every song on the album. The, the every every song was every every song in the top ten was a Taylor Swift song. Yeah, but the way they do iTunes now, that's probably easier. You just release everything on the album as one hey, song. Hey, right? hey, 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 don't. What are you, what are yeah. you, chauvinist? Why are you trying to take uh, something away from Taylor Swift? 
No, I just said it's the times. It's the it's the fact that it's 2022. You can do that now. You could release every song on the album as a single simultaneously the same day. Right? What's great? What's so great is I posted something, just a joke. I just put a little smidge, and I said, <laughs> "I said, I love it, just a joke." I said, "Hey, Beatles fans, why didn't your band ever do this?" And then I said, and then I posted the thing where it announced it, and a couple of people were like, "Well, you know, it's a sign of the times. You know, it's just poor musical taste." And I'm like, "Oh, the irony." The irony of Beatles fans, of boomers going, oh, it's just poor taste of music. Because that's what your grandpa said when you laughed at him for Benny Goodman having uh, not having t- 10 songs in the top in the top 10, you know? Also, that's what, uh, that's what Dean Martin said about the Beatles. He said they're like, you know, uh, for Neanderthals, you know? It's, he just said, ah, that's a lot of junk. He said the same thing. He said, people don't have any taste these days. How do you explain it, you know? Right. It's just the so, kid, the kids know. want something new, man. Kids always yeah. want something new. If I, I have no listen to Taylor I, Swift a million times to get their numbers up, then that's. I'm amazing. not a big Taylor Swift fan, but I do think that's impressive. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, sure. you gotta sure. hand it to yeah, her. Sure. You gotta. You know, it's it. like I used to tell my mom. I used to say, "This." I used to say, "We're not the demographic for this stuff. You're not, and I'm not." I said, "We are not the demographic. I can't even tell you if this is good or not because this is not for me." So right. Who knows? Music has changed, you know. Well, you know what's interesting is I used to, you know, people like us, John, we used to write off stuff like Britney Spears is kind of like a joke. And now I work with people who are out, you know, like Patrick and Justine's age that grew up with Britney Spears when she was, and they're like, no, I, she's one of my favorite people, unironically. But to us, it was kind of like this manufactured bubblegum kind of like right. Disney kind of product, and then she took off. And but there are people who are like, no, I grew up listening to this music. This music has, this music means something to me, you know. And it's like, oh, you know, you people s- will always, they'll always feel sentimental about music they grew up on when they were kids. Right, you know? right, right. And so I think a lot of that uh, is Taylor Swift. A lot of people now who have buying power were around when Taylor Swift released her first albums. They were probably young teenagers, and uh, so yeah, they're, they she has a legitimate following. So it's. It's just kind of interesting. This is, this is as old as recorded. It, it, as long as there's been recorded music, this is the way it's gone down. That the new generation goes, ah, that's old hat, you know? <laughs> right, 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 right. It's so funny. Uh, kids today with their goddamn roller skate shoes and their fax machines and their Taylor Swift midnights, you know? And their remember, pe- that great, remember that great review? I think you showed me this great review. And uh, somebody, had, uh, somebody was writing a music review saying, just saw this band. At Carnegie Hall, it was a lot of noise, too much bass, all rhythm, no melody, no lyrics, and it's, they're reviewing the Benny Goodman band. <laughs> and you're going, God, who are they talking about? You know, is it the Stones? No, Benny Goodman, because whoever was writing that article was an old fart. And he said, oh, it's too loud, there's too much drums, too much, you know, all rhythm, no melody. And you're going, Jesus. It's like, like what, 1937 probably, right? Right, 38, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, so I love that. I love telling people that. I go, who do you think this was about? I, 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 I tell them the review, and I go, who do you think they're writing about? I don't know. The Stones, you know, the Sex Pistols, you know? They're right. complaining about too much too much bass and drums. Nelly. Was it a rap? Nelly. Was it a rap act? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nelly at Carnegie Hall. Hot in. <laughs> so hot in. <laughs> little bit of. Eh, yeah, I don't know. A little bit of. Carnegie Hall anymore. <laughs> Uh, by the way, last week got a, a Michael Bagford. I'm, just, I'm calling you out by name, Mikey Bags. Apparently, he felt our bit about the uh, about the uh, Spice Girls quizzes went on way too long. I couldn't agree more, Mikey. 
So now we're going to take another <laughs> quiz. No. I love because Mario, you, you, uh, it's funny because it's like I was almost like a, I was almost like picking up that vibe. And I said, I said something like just in passing, I said to Jake, I said, maybe we should go out to a, for a pizza while this bit runs its course. <laughs> Man, you just completely went, listen, if we can sit and talk about Carlaw for 10 minutes, we can certainly <laughs> talk about the Spice Girls. You know? Equal and time. I thought, ah, t- I thought, touche. <laughs> Uh, so now you're like, if we can talk about Deep Purple for ten minutes, then certainly. <laughs> it's right. What's yeah, funny, yeah, Michael Bagford. I'll, I'll tell you what's funny is I felt that Justine was losing interest in that bit. Uh, she was trying to just shut it down by she was trying to game the system by picking one answer for every girl. Right. And I thought it's like somehow she's not engaging with this bit. You're right. doing it for her, right. and she sounds bored. You know? what the, and the great thing is, I, I will rail... So you I know will, what, Mario? You're a good egg. I will... Um, mm. I will I will derail the whole damn show just to... When I, if, if I know that somebody is just like, no, prove I don't want to do this. I'm like, okay, we're doing it. Just to be a contrarian. You're a good egg, Mario. And, Thanks, and somebody man. will probably say, why'd you, why'd you talk for 10 minutes about the Ruddles? You know? <laughs> Hey, you know what? We talk about a lot of stuff on this show, and right now we're going to talk about... How about that for a segue? Uh, Jake, you had a Dia de los Muertos party yesterday, right? You went. You, you, know, mm-hmm. little, you guys got all dressed yeah. up as sexy skeletons? Yes, I did. Did you? Did mm-hmm. you? I did. Did you get sexy dressed, skeleton. Did you get dressed up as a sexy Jack Skellington? Because you're a big Danny Elfman guy. Uh, ooh, actually, speaking of which, I went to go see Danny Elfman what? on... Last Saturday, how was it? Yeah, no, wow. it was it was fantastic. Did he do this one live? Happiest. Did he do this one live? Yeah, da, 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 yeah, da, 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 yeah, yeah. Da, da. Oh, the, the Breakfast Machine. That's a great tune, man. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you must have been the happiest guy in the world that day. Uh, I did wish he played. Um, so uh, Danny Elfman recently played a Coachella, and he did an hour long set. Involving some Oingo Boingo music, uh, some of his solo work that he did, his Big Mess album, and then his movie scores. Well, now I think I think one of his publicists or someone had convinced him to do a tour with with the same set, but um, I think it's like an hour and a half or two hours long, and um, it was great, fantastic. Uh, he played a lot of Oingo Boingo stuff, some of his Big Mess. Uh, the visuals are insane. If like, what were they? Uh, it was it was like an acid trip. It was a major acid trip on the screen. Um, wow. There was like, if have you seen the art for his Big Mess album? It's uh, yes, yes, yes. It's that. It's that. That's basically like kind of the art. It's like right. this weird, just like trippy body horror, like it's like liquid looking like flesh and bone and crazy shit going on but it was a lot of fun it's a lot of fun um he is uh insanely fit for 69 years old it's I'm like tired. he works out right he's like ripped right yeah no he's ripped fully tatted out um just being his eccentric just outlandish self for two hours in like 50 some degree weather with no shirt on wow god and he's got to be like 60 something so yeah he's really a, yeah. 69 Wow. Up top. Because um, there's a picture mm-hmm. of him like in the Times. I'm going, Jesus, this guy must work out 
like every single day, <laughs> you know? Yeah, just, just so impressed and he was so humbled and super grateful for, you know, everyone who, you know, everyone there, the band, everything. He like thanked everybody like three, four times. So it was great. Wow. What wow. a guy. That's so, that's so great, Jake. It's so cool mm-hmm. that you got to go. Did you get a shirt or a poster or anything? Or They were all gone. They're like there was a there was like an hour long line just to get in there. I'm like, I'd rather just watch him and just buy a shirt online somewhere. Sure. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah. But, oh, so great. I finally got to see Oingo Boingo music played live by Danny Elfman. So I can die happy. He has not done it. Right. Um, Yeah. After they broke up, he never toured those songs. I guess the band toured without him, but he never toured those songs. Yeah. His band toured his dead man's party. um, But he had never actually, he had mm-hmm. never actually sang any of it up until recently. So, did I you was, do only a lad? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd have to. I'd have to look up the songs that he actually played. But, um, like he played all of his like Halloween themed songs. Only mm-hmm. a lad. Um, insects. That was his off. Of it. He did like a, he like remade a couple of his songs on his new album. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Not unlike mm-hmm. not unlike a Taylor Swift. Not unlike Taylor Swift. <laughs> For different reasons, I think. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if anybody gets a chance to go see him live, I highly recommend it. He is, uh, he's a very uh, unique individual who has a very unique show. Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, Jeez. Hollywood Bowl is always a great place to see a show if you're from out of town. And you get a chance, go see a show at the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, John, what, uh, what was the last show you saw at the Bowl? Uh, it was Radiohead, but that was probably like six years ago, maybe. Wow maybe seven years ago and uh, it was amazing and they had a yeah the, the screen behind them had some really insane stuff going on um but yeah that that's the only time i've seen radiohead was at the hollywood bowl but it was it was worth it it was worth going you know the bowl especially now that they have the i sound like such a dweeb you know the bowl uh, but the hollywood bowl since what? they put the screens up towards the back um, right. and yeah a lot of people go well why do you want to be there if there's, you're just going to watch it on the screen uh, there's something about being in that venue outdoors. You're up in the hills. Uh, you don't smell like good. you don't feel like you're that far away because of no. all the screen. Uh, I took Isabella there to see. We saw Bugs Bunny on Broadway there, which was amazing. Or they call oh, the Bugs Bunny cool. at the Bowl. Wow! And then with the wow. LA Philharmonic, and then we saw Star Wars there with the LA Ooh. Philharmonic doing the soundtrack. And it is amazing just to be there live mm-hmm. and hear the orchestra piped in. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, is, they do. Is, they do like the they do like the live film uh, score right. stuff all the time. So if, I, if anybody's in the area, I would highly recommend going Always to see go. the Bugs Bunny one was great. Love Bugs Bunny one was fantastic too. Mm, yeah. It's not like going to um, like the Coliseum and watching it on the screen. You know, the jumbotron. That's right. a whole different thing. It, right. That doesn't. That to me does feel like you could have just stayed home if you're in the last row. It's almost out of sync. What's on the screen is almost out of sync with what you're hearing. You right, know? right. But the Hollywood Bowl, uh, that's, yeah, that's a great place to go. You're we right, are, just smelling the trees and just being outside. We're in spoiled the because we have the Greek as well. The Greek's another great place to see. Uh, and show. there's not a bad seat at the Greek. No. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. that's all the charm of the Hollywood Bowl, and it's like a fourth of the size. Right, so, so the nosebleeds at, at the Greek are like 
halfway up for the uh, Hollywood oh. Bowl. It's amazing. The worst seat I ever had at the Greek was still great. Right. I think uh, we, we went to People see we went to see Flight of the Concords there. We were kind of off to the side, and it was still great. Yeah. It was still like yeah. nope, perfect. You know, can't go wrong. Uh, can't cannot go wrong. go wrong with the Greek. No. Also. It. Great tip. Um, if you pro tip, if you drive to the LA Zoo when they have something going on yes. at the Hollywood Bowl, uh-huh. they have shuttles that are six bucks round trip. You avoid all the bullshit of leaving. I could have leaving. Oh. You know what, Jake? I could have saved you some time because you could have gone to the the Twin Pines Mall. You could have gone to Puente Hills Mall and there at Shabaram Park across the street. There's a mm, shuttle that really? will take you all the way to the bowl. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the same. It's. I think uh, when you when you go to buy your tickets online, you can. It's there's an option to get the pass there while you buy your tickets, and it might be a little even cheaper there. But yeah, you can go. You can just drive from your house to. Uh, there's a couple. Uh, there's a couple stops that we usually go to, right across from Pointe Hills Mall, Shabaram Park. The buses pull in there, take you all the way in, drop you off. The only thing is, if you're going to do that, go to the merch line first. If merch is a is a uh, is a priority for you because you're gonna want to get on the buses right away because they leave within 30 minutes I think but it's never a problem yeah that shuttle's the way to go man because it's stacked parking at uh, Hollywood Bowl and that oh, it's is a nightmare it's to a, leave it's a nightmare um but yeah once you once you get back from the shuttle it was literally just like all right cool bye and then just drove straight out it was perfect right and you can uh if you if you are traveling from far away you can bring all your picnic items if it's a summer one they let you mm-hmm. bring your picnic baskets and some of the buses have areas where you can like store all that stuff so yeah. it's uh yeah love it love it love the bowl love the bowl one of the one of the southern california's great treasures for all the people did it just hit 100 did it just hit 100 years old i think yeah. so this year, is, this year is the 100th anniversary. And for all the people okay. that live outside of L.A. and say, L.A. has no culture, uh, we cordially invite you to suck it because yeah. we, have, we have the Hollywood Come Sunday. see That's a movie with live orchestra. Huh? Yes. How about that? Suck it. Call, how's that for culture? Yeah. Not having any, any culture is our culture. Love yeah. it. John, who, who, John, there was something I was going to bring up, something big in the pop culture world. Can't remember. Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis died. Jerry Lee Lewis yeah. did buy the, the the king of uh, of rock and roll the, piano. The, the killer, the killer Jerry Lee. Oh, so oh, did um. Who passed? Who else passed? Someone else died. Uh, Art Lover. Uh, Art Lover. No. John, uh, here is a uh, here is a trivia question for you. Who played Jerry Lee Lewis on screen in a nineteen? I'm sorry. Who played Jerry Lee Lewis on screen in a 1980s biographical picture? Dennis Quaid. And who played his young cousin who he married? Winona Ryder. That's right, John. The movie was called? Great Balls of Fire. Correct. John, you win trivia today, man. Good job. How is that movie? Probably not very good. Well, it's a little, uh, it's a little campy. Um, it's a little, they play it a little broader than like La Bamba and the Buddy Holly story. Everybody sort of takes liberties. This one's played a little broad. But then he was kind of a wild guy, so I don't know how off the market it is. I thought it was a little hammy. <laughs> uh, well, he makes me feel real loose like a long-necked goose. That's actually uh, that's actually the Big Boppa. That's the Big Boppa. When are they going to do a Big Bopper movie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've already got two-thirds of that, of that, of that fateful night, the, the day the music died. <laughs> We need the big you know, bopper he had, one, story. he had one hit, so you're never going to see a big bopper movie. Apparently, he was a he was a disc jockey 
I didn't know that. He was a DJ, and that was kind of and a novel. Older. Yeah, and so that was kind of like the, the disco duck of its day for Rick D. Right. 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 So he just happened to be, he was like a novelty tune. I want to <laughs> feel real loose like a long leg goose. And a oh, and you know what? Jerry Lee Lewis did a country version of that, I think, in the 70s. Oh, did he really? And it was a, I, yeah, I think so, and it was a big hit. He did, a, I think it was like 60s or 70s, he covered Chantilly Lace, and he did it like a sort of like a country song. Speaking you know, of, uh, speaking of yeah. c- country songs, John, did you get the country song they sent you? Yeah, that was interesting. How that about that, huh? How about, that, it, yeah, who is that? Interesting never means good. I don't like that that's, that was interesting. I like <laughs> What's funny is um, when I got your text, what I got first was uh, what you wrote. And you said, I don't, I don't know what kind of country this is. I'm going, oh, whoa, is this a political text? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it's country music. I don't know what kind of country this is. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, there's a certain kind of country I like where it's a real twangy, uh, twangy, not twangy, but it's like a real, yeah, it's like a twangy kind of low register guitar. Uh, well, like Emmylou Harris? I don't or know. Or the Cowboy about- Junkies? Do you remember the Cowboy Junkies? I don't remember them. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, there's a there's a girl by the name of I think it's Eileen, not Eileen. It looks like it's spelled Eileen, but it's Eileen E I E N. And uh, hey, there he is. It's Patrick live from Disneyland. Great. Uh, we have our. I our, forgot to mention in my review that The Rock has probably some of the best dummy kills ever. We get the one guy falling off the building. No, there's a bunch. Like if you go back, there's a bunch. Guy getting shot by a rocket because yep. he was the Rocket Man. Yeah, and then you'd be, you know what, you're lucky they didn't play that song. You're the rocket man. You're lucky. Hey, hey Patrick, are you going for a bag of popcorn? No, uh, pretzel. <laughs> Nobody eats popcorn at Disneyland, John. You're the only one. <laughs> they got the cool popcorn t- containers now. That's what everybody buys it for. It's not oh, like for the paper cont- ones anymore. Yeah, they got they like cool the- plastic ones. I have the yeah. Millennium Falcon one. It came with caramel yeah, corn just- in it. Yeah, oh, I have to show you what the scene bought. Okay, let's see. Are you bringing souvenirs yeah. for the gang? Yeah, yeah, always. You better bring. You better share with the rest of the club. Oh, she got Thor's hammer. Well, it's the it's the new one. Mule, it has new hammer. to hold your water. It's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's dumb. Yeah, it's dumb. Yeah, how do you hold yeah. that without the water spilling? You you don't you don't you don't let go. You have to hold it out the whole time. That's so dumb. Huh. <laughs> they should have done it the other way, so you drink through. There's a long straw through the handle. They should that have done it that genius. way. Yeah. <laughs> I should work for Disney. Uh, so, uh, what's the weather like out there? It's a little cool today. Uh, you look good. You're wearing a you're wearing a hoodie. It's a nice. It's a nice little kind of like balmy 65. Um, can't complain, you know, it's uh, cloudy a little bit, but it's not raining. It's a nice day. It's a beautiful day for Disneyland. Oh, I'm nice, not sweating. Nice. I'm chill. Nice, okay. All right. Uh, how's Justine doing? Hey. How are you doing? They want to know. Hey. It's, no, it's nice to know. What have you... <laughs> what have you written... What have you written so far? Just start first. Show them what you did. I bit her pretzel and I bit the ear. Oh, yeah, you take the ear right off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a monster. Yeah, yeah, you take the ear right off. Jeez. Yeah, what are you guys talking about? Uh, we were talking just now about a, a country song that I sent John, um, believe it or not. The me? What country song? 
Uh, it's a song by a, a, a. I'm glad you asked. It's a song called "Reckless." It's by a girl called Island Jewel. G J E W E L L. Check it out. It's great. I discovered it. We talked about it because I was telling John. It's the the one time I listened to Prairie Home Companion. She was the musical <laughs> guest, and she played that song, and I liked it. And that's the only thing I ever got from Lake Wobegon. Well, today on Lake Wobegon, uh, Patrick and Justine decided to go to the to the Ducks well, we're to here ride at Lake the Ducks. Wobegon coming to you live from yeah. Disneyland. Yeah, they're uh, they're out at uh, Disneyland uh, now. Beautiful uh, day out here at the park. Meanwhile, at the uh, general store, uh, someone's got their hand in the pickle jar, and then and uh, <laughs> Georgina Frank says hello. You guys are walking around Tomorrowland there. Why don't you show us what the crowd looks like? Uh, uh, it is pretty busy. Tomorrowland's always popping. Like, there's always, you know, the line for Buzz Blasters is always mile long. Okay. We're, uh, we are currently heading to Haunted Mansion, I think. Okay. Here's what I want you to do when you get to Haunted Mansion, if we're still on, we're going to be yeah. on for a couple more minutes. Uh, yeah, buddy up with somebody in line and then uh, ask their permission to be on the podcast and then ask them to give you their rating of the rock. All right. And then. Oh, I think nobody's actually seen it though. That's yeah, the problem. Is, just stand up and say, has anyone here Start seen it? Start asking the rock? people, have you seen the rock? Have you seen the rock? Have you seen the rock? Not Dwayne the rock because he has been in the jungle cruise. Oh, I want them to do a remake with him. The rock and the rock. Oh, oh that'd be great. But would it though? It'd be beautiful. I'd be happy with it. Uh, you sound Disneyland's great. Still like in that weird phase between Christmas and Halloween. Like the castles all icicly, but there's a bunch of Halloween shit still up. I, I can't believe we're coming live from Disneyland. This is this is unprecedented. I know. It actually sounds pretty good too. Yeah, you guys it's sound nice. great. It's nice to know that Patrick and Justine can have their cake and eat it too. <laughs> hey, sorry. I watched the movie. I reviewed the movie. I showed uh, up at the important time. Oh, like right. nice background music. Mm, mm-hmm. Sure. I don't think yeah. you guys can hear it. There's a live band playing. Oh, yeah? What are they playing? Yeah. Some jazz. What if they were playing? What if they were playing? They're all in front of the castle. Oh, yeah. Hans Zimmer. Oh, there's a castle there? Yeah, there's a castle. See? John left. You can John- see behind that tree. You bored John to death, and he left. Like fuck this shit! I don't want to hear about Disneyland anymore. No, you know what it is? My battery's going dead on the phone. So, well, you know I what? Gotta, it's okay. I got to plug. We can got to plug in. I think we've come to a natural point to just wrap it up. What a great show this week has been! I love you guys. Yeah, uh, Patrick and Justine, thank you for your live post from Disneyland. Uh, Happy to be here, Jake. You did a great job. Mm. Just, just really taking over for, for. You know, you're going to be doing this a lot since there's a lot of vacation days coming up for Patrick and Justine. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm always the next Wednesday, but the one after. John, we love you. Does anybody know what the Plugged movie in. is? Does I'm anybody know in. what I'm the good. movie is next week? Uh, no, no, no. Wait right here. Wait right here. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. We'll 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 find out live on the air. Patrick, uh, are you going to go to? Uh, Great moments with Mr. Lincoln. Yeah, you're gonna go. Uh, to that? It was closed when we passed by. What? It was closed. Was yeah. he shot or? I don't know. John. <laughs> There's a big sign that said in memoriam. Too soon, John. Too soon, John. People, people were leaving pennies on the ground in front. It was just. Wow, that's pennies. That's a great joke. God, I love that. Yes. 
Not fives, huh? Oh, I have a question. Did we watch we watched Mars Attacks a couple of years ago for Halloween? Did we not? Did we already watch no. Mars Attacks? Uh, yes, we did. We did on the show already. We did Mars no. Attacks. Did we? I don't think we did. It's it's on the. I can look at the. Uh, we can look at the. Um, Hold on. We did do Mars Attacks years ago. We did. It seems like I remember us talking about it, so we, yeah. I believe we did. Let's do something fun. Let's uh, do another fun one like The Rock. We're not going to. We're going to do a movie called Lone Star, and it's a little hard to find. So I want you guys to email, right, email me right away if you can't find it. Email me right away. Hold on. Hold on. I can find it. Uh, you can send it the way you sent the Mystery Science Theater, right? Uh, yes, I can. Okay, so if I have trouble getting it, you can. You can send it. How do I? I can run it on Amazon. We're good. All right. Seven point four show? on IMDb, ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy shit! It's a good movie. Does it show? Does it show Google Play? Uh, it yes, it does. You got to rent it, John. But yeah, we haven't That's reviewed I, it. That's we what I do. It on there. Matthew right McConaughey. Great cast. Great movie. John Sales. Uh, Chris Cooper. Joe Morton. Elizabeth Pena. Ev McDormand. Everybody's in it. Everybody's in it. Robertson. Holy shit! You'll love it. It's an all-star cast. Lone Star. One. It's a. It's a low-key favorite of mine. Not. Not too many people have heard of it. But it's good. Next week. On the Digital Movie Club. So, for Patrick, for Jake, for Justine, for John, everybody, we say, what do we say? This transmission ends now. Fight the power. Uh, John, we will talk to you. We will talk to everybody next week. Bye.